Um, if you want to join me on the back of your bulletin or on the screen, I'm going to be reading six passages, so it'll probably be hard to follow along in your Bible. Um, and I'm not going to read uh, the passages, so if you want to look any of these up, just go back to your bulletin. Starting on Proverbs 12:18. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor. He who conceals his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning. We thank you for these words of wisdom and these words to live by. pray that you'd make us humble this morning to receive this wisdom and live accordingly, to be wise and to live under your protection and, and Jesus in a way that just honors you and helps advance your kingdom. We submit to you this morning and worship you for being good and I pray that you would bless Brian as he speaks to give him wisdom and make him bold to speak the words that you have for him. Jesus, we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. All right, thank you. And uh, good morning. And uh, Joel, I think Joel and Chris, is, they just got home from Chile or Peru? Peru. So people have been traveling all around. Um, Lockwood and Gary and I went to Haiti um, a couple months ago, and so there are opportunities to go and then serve and share in different places around the world, but also we just want to be good neighbors right here where we live, and so we can take away things that were shared this morning and um, just apply them to our lives here today. We are um, <clears throat> looking at the book of Proverbs this summer, and we said last week that Proverbs talks about wisdom, and I said that wisdom is the skill of choosing the right thing to do in the complex reality of life when moral rules don't apply. The skill of living life well when moral rules do not apply. And uh, this morning, we are going to look briefly at maybe one of the best examples of that, and that is the use of our mouth, of words, of the things that we say. And the challenge or our hope is that we will cultivate this habit of speaking words that give life, of the things that come out of our mouth, that they would grow in wisdom and they would be positive and beneficial to others. And um, I, I think some of you will relate to this. Um, I just feel like I'm easily like the captain of the team that just has a very difficult time with this, of like speaking um, out of turn, of saying things that don't quite fit, that easily defend, uh, want to defend myself. It happened uh, uh, even last night. I, I just got home from a father-son trip with my youngest boy, Cade, and we went to D.C. and New York and Cooperstown. And uh, we had the great privilege, the thrilling fun of spending 22 hours in the airport because of mechanical <laughs> problems. 
And, um, but we finally made it home. And we were picking up the Haiti team last night at the airport. And I did something that none of you would ever do. I like pulled over, even though the, our people weren't ready yet. And I like waited for a minute. And um, a police woman came up and said something. And it was like there was lots of attitude behind it. And my mouth, I, I, I did a good job. I'm not sure if my wife is here, but I did a good job. But I was this close to saying something stupid, probably disrespectful, even though inside I'm like, I'm right. She said, she brought, all she had to say was move along. And she like raised it up to like this confrontational thing. And there's a part of me that sometimes, if you want to raise up to a confrontational thing, that I'm happy to oblige and, and we can do that. <laughs> it's, and you know what the Bible, the Bible calls those kind of people fools. You're, you're foolish. And so the idea of thinking very carefully about our words and thinking about what it means to be wise is really, really valuable. All right? So listen, all of us have a natural bent. Some of you here are naturally confrontational. You're going to speak up no matter what. Some of you are naturally gentle and kind, and you will never speak up. And both of those have faults. Both of those have dangers. It is so easy for all of us to say things that are foolish, that are cynical, that are hurting, that are dishonest. And so this morning, for a few minutes, we will look at what it means to be wise with our words. One of the things that words do is that they reveal what's going on inside of you. One of the most important things uh, we can do or that we can learn is that words reveal your heart. And all of us have the ability to put a front that life is good or we're doing okay, but as soon as stress comes into your life, as soon as, as soon as you get tired or something happens or somebody says something that's not quite right, that real you will come out and the words will come out. Your words tell everyone else what's really going on on the inside. Your words are an indicator of what's going on on the inside. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with anger, if you're living with anger, certain words are going to come out of your mouth more than others. If you're here and you're struggling with fear, certain words will come out of your mouth more often than others. If you live with anxiety, certain words will come out of your mouth. The words that come out of our mouth indicate what's going on on the inside. And so this morning what we'll do is we'll, we'll break this up into three ways. Number one is that our words have the power of life and death. This is three things that the book of Proverbs will teach us about words. Number one, that our words have the power of life and death. Number two, that we all have the opportunity to learn to speak with wisdom. No matter whatever foolish thing you've said in the past, you can start today. Today is an opportunity to develop a pattern of speaking with wisdom. And then last, we will look at how do we heal our words. Um, How do we deal with our habitual pattern of saying hurtful things? Something that we can all relate to. All right, so number one, we'll look at this. All of our words have the power to give life or death. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 reads this, that reckless words pierce like a sword. All right, so just the idea, 
of stabbing somebody with a sword. That is what a reckless word is like. And if you stab somebody with a sword, yes, you can pull the sword out, but the damage is done. And reckless words, careless words, just reactionary words, the Bible says that they pierce like a sword. This is easy for um, all of us to relate to. All of us, I'm sure, here this morning can think of something years and years ago that somebody said to you that you can easily recall today that still hurts a little bit. That's what words do. They have that kind of power. They have the power to bring death upon you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14 says this, A wounded spirit who can bear. That's what words can do. They can wound your spirit. Think about this carefully for just a moment. If you are a parent with young ones in the house, if you have children in the house, how do you speak to your children? Listen, the Bible is, um, there's not a lot of middle ground between death and life. You're either speaking death or life. The words that come out of your mouth, they have a dramatic impact on how your spouse relates to you, on how your children relate to you. And when you get tired, here's what happens. Whenever we get tired, this can be children or other adults, the patience goes and words start coming out of your mouth that are much more damaging. It's just, um, it's just who we are. I, um, I guarantee you after 12 hours, excuse me, 22 hours in the airport, um, very tempting to like, for me to ruin this amazing trip with my youngest son, Cade. We spent 10 days traveling around the East Coast and amazing. We, here's what happened, just really quick. On the plane, we're on, on the, heading out to the runway. Plane's moving, and the captain comes on and says that um, there's a mechanical issue. Ten minutes, we'll get it solved, we're going to come back. Great, everything's fine, right? They say ten minutes, I'm still cheerful inside, it's fine. An hour later, it goes by, a couple more hours. And finally, and, and people are getting grumbly, as we would expect a little bit. And I felt particularly bad. There was one teacher that was there, I guess a couple teachers, with 40 eighth graders on the trip. And I had just finished that trip um, a few days before I had done my trip. And so the grumbling starts. So look, here's what happens. Pilot says, 10 minutes. Everyone's like, oh, okay, no, no problem. We go back. Sorry, it's an hour. All right. <laughs> hour and a half later. Sorry, um, we're still having problems. <laughs> Keeps getting louder and louder. Finally, five hours later, the captain's on. We got a new plane. Here's it is. Okay, hey, here's what you, the, the the airline said. Hey, we've got a new plane. It's gonna be great. The pilot goes on. The crew, we're all excited. Here's what the <laughs> the lady says. This three minutes. She, she's all three minutes. We're gonna leave. Everyone's like, yay, happy again. Twenty five minutes later, after standing in line. She comes out and says, do not shoot the messenger. The flight has been canceled. And the cheers all went away. And the grumbling started, right? It wasn't, I won't even say. I mean, you can just use your imagination. What kind of profanity and curse words were being used. I guarantee you, if there would have been rocks nearby, somebody would have been hurt or something. But my point is this. It's really easy when life is going great, to be more thoughtful and be more positive with our words. But when we get tired, when things don't go well, when we get irritable, or when people don't 
behave the way we think they should, we get irritable, and particularly within our own homes. So, husbands, are you giving words of life to your wives? Are you building them up? And, and wives, are you speaking well to your husbands? Are you, are you building them up? Are you giving them words of life? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 13. Let's expand this outside of our homes to our, to our neighbors. Here's what Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9 says this. With his mouth, a godless man will destroy his neighbor. With his mouth, you will destroy your neighborhood. We've all seen this. Think about the things that people say that creates pain and hurt and tears people down. It happens within churches. happens within neighborhoods. It happens in little communities, little pockets. And we need to remember, here's the point that Proverbs is saying, your words have power to give life or to take it away. And so, to understand this, we must begin with this, that a reckless word, it's like you're walking around with a sword, plunging it into people. It can have a tremendous impact. Our words have power of life and death. And next, we have, number two, we have the opportunity to learn to speak with wisdom. So we have to view this as, here's what we have to avoid. We have to avoid the attitude that, um, number one, self-pity. I regularly say dumb things. Well, yes, so do a lot of people. Or we have to be careful about this, that, no, actually, I speak pretty well because nobody believes you. We all struggle with this. Okay, so all of us give and receive words what kind of words give life? What are the life-giving words that the book of Proverbs talks about? Okay, number one, and there's a lot. I'm just going to give us a few. I think I've got four or five things. So number one, the opportunity to learn to speak with wisdom begins with this. It begins with self-control. The fool, according to Proverbs, the fool blurts out whatever he or she thinks or feels. You just, you just blurt it out. You have no self-control. Whatever you feel like, you're just going to do it and say it. This, is, this, is, uh, this fits. You are far more likely to get yourself in trouble for talking too much than not talking enough. All right, you can remember this for the rest of your life. In fact, this, this could like save you all kinds of problems in your life. You are far more likely to get yourself in trouble for talking too much than not talking enough enough. Proverbs chapter 10, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Sometimes, and this is some, some of this too, listen, some of you have the personality where you just, that's just who you are. You just talk and talk and talk. You have to be careful. You have to be thoughtful. You have to have self-control. You have to understand that words can sometimes be reckless. The New Testament in Paul's writing talks in the book of Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit. That Jesus promised this, that when he ascended back into heaven, that he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us live our lives. And some people within churches, if you've been around churches a lot, some people like to talk about the Holy Spirit and how that's an active part of our lives, which the Bible clearly does say. But one of the most distinguishable marks of a life filled with the Holy Spirit, according to 
Paul in the book of Galatians is a life of self-control. It's not glamorous. doesn't draw attention to yourself. But that's what it means to be filled with the Spirit, specifically with our words. So, if you want to learn to cultivate wisdom in your life, specifically with your words, learn to have self-control. Be aware of the indicators in your life. When you're tired, when things aren't going well, how much more likely you are to say things that are reckless with your mouth. Number two, we are to speak honest words, not deceitful words. Proverbs 15 verse 4 says this, a deceitful word crushes the spirit. A deceitful word crushes the spirit. If you want to give life to people, we'll be honest. We'll be people of integrity with our mouth. That's what it means to develop wisdom in your life. Dishonest words crush the spirit. And this is directly even related to the idea of gossip, slandering people. Number three, I'll move through these quickly. Number three, words that give life, words that will help you develop wisdom in your life. We are to use encouraging words, not harsh words. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath. Kind words, gentle words turn away wrath. This is really interesting too. The book of Proverbs actually changes or goes off in another direction that we think when we hear that. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Sometimes what's needed is just a quiet response. But the word gentle here doesn't mean that we're um, passive, that we just withdraw. Because here's what Proverbs chapter 25, verse 15 says this, A gentle word can break a bone. A gentle word can break a bone. A kind word, a gentle word, has the right tone of voice. Sometimes, whispering a soft voice, but the right words carries far more weight than a loud voice. The verse goes on and says this, a harsh word stirs up anger. The word harsh here means to inflict pain that you want to put that person in the right place, just like I wanted to put that police officer in her place for just getting in my face for no reason. Right? That's in, that is within some of you. You have that little weed within you that's going to be there with you forever. You feel like your job is to put everyone in their right place. God has appointed you as the morality police, and you must take charge. A gentle word means this. Try to help us understand this. A gentle word means this. I don't want to hear what this person is saying, but I know they love me, so I will listen. That's the kind of people we want to be. Encouraging words that build up. Sometimes it means we have to say the hard thing. Sometimes a gentle answer is the hard word but you're able to say it in a way that people know you love them. A harsh word is sarcastic, it's cynical, it's mean-spirited, it's self-righteous, and it's about putting yourself in a better light and demeaning somebody else. We all have the opportunity every day to learn to speak with wisdom. We need self-control, we need integrity with our words, We need encouraging words that build people up. 
but we also need to be direct. We need words that are direct to people, gentle, direct words. Here's what Proverbs uh, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 18 says this, He who hides his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. All right? Some of us struggle with this. Some of you that are not the confrontational type, that want to withhold things, here's your challenge. You hide your anger, you hide your bitterness, you keep it within, and you hold grudges against people. You won't speak up. You don't have the courage to speak up. This is very hard for some people because by nature you are very gentle, very soft-spoken. And what the book of Proverbs is teaching us, it's teaching us about wisdom that those who are by nature very direct and in your face to speak gently. And those of you that by nature are very gentle people that always want to withdraw or not speak, but you hold grudges against people, the Bible says this, don't hide your anger. Speak directly to people. Well, how do we heal how do we heal our foolish words that we've all struggled with? The Bible says this in Proverbs, that the heart of the wise makes his speech wise. And so the focus always has to be on the internal. It has to be on the heart. Because the things that come out of our mouth show us what's going on in our heart. A Proverbs that we should all memorize, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this, that we are to guard our hearts for it is the source of life. Guard your heart. That means be vigilant. Think about the things that you are allowing to influence you. Protect your heart, because if you allow things that come in, the bad things will come out. The source of healing is found in the Gospel of John when the writer of the New Testament book, John, refers to Jesus Christ as the Word. In the life of Christ, is the, is the picture of what it means to be wise. He's the only one that lived the life that none of us can live. He's the only one that did not respond out of petty anger or out of cynicism. Let me finish with an example of this. Proverbs chapter um, 26, Proverbs 26, verse 4 and 5 says this, Do not answer a fool with his own stupidity, or you will be like him. <clears throat> Answer a fool with his own stupidity or he will think he is wise. Here's the point. The point is that we need wisdom with how we respond to people. Every day we interact with people. And one of the ways that we often mess up or we hurt or we bring painful words is how we respond to people who have hurt us or don't speak to us the way that you deserve. The reality is this, that people... We all need to remember this. People will speak to you in a way you don't deserve. People will. People are going to be deceitful about you. People will lie about you. People will say hurtful things about you. How do you respond? How do you respond when somebody lo that loves you or you love them says something that's hurtful to you? Well, we need wisdom. We need the wisdom of Christ. And let me just give you um, an example of this. In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 15, the religious leaders challenged Jesus on his interpretation of the law. 
So they're, they're, they're doing that. They're being that aggressive, assertive, challenging, in your face. We are right. You are wrong, Jesus. <clears throat> and Jesus rebukes them. There's a time and a place where rebuking is the right thing. And here's why we look to Jesus to heal our words. There is the right time, the right place where you say the harsh word. And Jesus gives us to that in Matthew 15. In Matthew chapter 16, just the next chapter, Peter foolishly rebukes Jesus. So here's Peter saying the harsh word to Jesus. <clears throat> and Jesus directly yet gently corrects Peter. So there's a time and a place where a harsh word, there's a time and a place where there's just a gentle word. And then just a few chapters later, Matthew 21, Jesus doesn't respond at all. Jesus is being attacked verbally and he doesn't respond. He stays silent, not playing into their game. And that is our challenge. That is where we need the wisdom. When do you shut up? When do you know not to say the word? And I can tell you this, that most of the time we make the mistake of talking too much. We have the answer. We think of ourselves, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago or last week, as being far more wise in our own eyes than we think. And we think we know the answer. One of the hardest things you'll do in your life is to say nothing. Just talk less and listen. My, uh, my eighth graders this year, just they tease me at the end of the year because I must have said, I don't know, probably three times a day that, that listening is better than talking. Because eighth graders, they just like to talk. Right? That's just who they are. And, and all of us are. We like to talk. We like to hear ourselves talk sometimes. But the wisdom that we need in our lives is to know when to say something directly, say something calmly, gently, and when to say nothing at all. And that's a heart issue. That's looking at the inside. We need to look at the inside. And the reason, what happens is often, is the motive for speaking up here, I'll just be honest, the motive for me wanting to say something back to somebody who got confrontational with me, it's really easy. It's called pride. Who do you think you are talking to me like that? And that is the source of so many of our problems. And that is the source of a starting of an argument that can destroy a neighborhood, it can destroy a marriage, it can destroy a church. Because how dare you offend me? Who do you think you are to say something that that bothers my pride. And we need the wisdom of Jesus. We need to look to Christ as the example of what it means to be wise. Because what happens is, there's something else in our life that's taking the place of Christ. If you're the kind of person that you want to go around and fix everybody, that you have the right answer, you know what might be more important to you than Jesus? That everyone thinks and respects you as being right all the time. It's more important to you that people think of you as wise and smart and the answer man, then you love Jesus. And when that happens, you're going to be the person that speaks up all the time and becomes confrontational. And if you're the other person, maybe that you're more gentle and you just want to love everybody, you don't want to say anything, that's when you're going to be the kind of person that you'll never say a word. When a word needs to be said, like Jesus, Jesus gets in people's faces sometimes. But you'll never do that if peace at all costs. I don't want to rock the boat. I care more about the idea that everyone likes me than rocking the boat by speaking the truth. This comes down to 
what's truly the most important things in our lives. The book of Proverbs says that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And that means that more than anything else in your life, that God is the most important thing. And when that happens, you'll begin to develop wisdom. You'll have self-control. You'll be able to speak with honesty and integrity. You'll be able to be direct. You'll be able to have a gentle answer. A kind tone will come out of your voice. We're going to pray and then have communion. And I just want us to be able to see this time as a valuable time that today is an opportunity for us to change the things that come out of our mouths. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we can gather together. Father, I pray that you would help all of us here develop wisdom in our lives, that we would develop the ability um, to have self-control with our words. It is so easy just to be reactionary and say things that we don't think about. Help us to remember that our words, the things that come out of our mouth, have the ability to crush people or to give life. We thank you that your son Jesus is the perfect example of what it means to have wisdom. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.